0: To the RTI time machine. Today's time traveler is John Van Triest and the destination Taipei 1914. The Taipei Story House is the sort of building that pops out from its surroundings. The bright yellow brick and timber structure with its tidy garden is set off in quaint contrast to Taipei's hulking modern art museum next door and the gray tangle of overpasses just across the river. The building itself doesn't seem to mind. It's been here by the riverside for so long that if anything, it's the surroundings that are really out of place. Today, this century-old building plays host to exhibits that, well, tell stories. Every kind of story you can imagine. Turkish handicrafts and European porcelains are just two of the topics covered here in the last year. But now the story house is putting on a display that hits much closer to home. It's the story of the reason the story house is here in the first place. The answer in a word is tea. But more on that in a moment. First, I want to invite you to go into the house with me. It's quiet here as we pass beneath the stone balcony and enter up the steps through the front door. There's just us, volunteer guide Zheng Hong, and the warm, spicy smell of old wood. Our guide, Mr. Zheng, has let us in early, before the story house opens to the public. Today, he'll be taking us back to the 1910s, when Taiwan was under Japanese colonial rule and when a tea merchant called Chen Chao Jun reached the wealthy summit of Taipei's tea world.
1: <laughs>
0: Chen Chaojun made his fortune from a specific kind of tea, baozhong tea. This kind of tea wasn't exactly new to Taiwan. It had already started gaining a foothold after a bad year in 1873 hit Taiwan's more famous oolong tea hard. But Chen took this baozhong tea and made it into an international hit. As we stand near the entrance, in front of an outline of the merchant's life, our guide tells us what exactly Baozhong tea is. This is a light tea, most commonly associated with northern Taiwan. It has a faint but fragrant flavor. There are two kinds of Baozhong tea. One is plain Baozhong tea, produced in small, high-quality batches and served as is. The other kind is scented with aromatic flowers like jasmine. Baozhong tea gets its name, which means the wrapped up kind in Chinese, from the fact that it was originally wrapped up in paper packets. So the tea is literally wrapped up, and then the whole packet is stamped on top with the tea merchant's logo. Exports of Taiwan's more famous oolong tea long remained in the hands of Western merchants. But the market for Baozhong tea was open for the taking. The tea merchant Chen Chaojun was well placed to take this market and to popularize this kind of tea outside Taiwan. That's what he did. We now walk into a room off the front entrance where a sign that takes up an entire wall tells the next part of the story.
1: The Chen's
0: father had also been a tea merchant, and his business ventures had taken him from the family home in China's coastal southeast to the rich markets of Java, and from then to the tea processing center of Taipei. For Chen Chaojun, who was born into this family in 1886, two of these places, Taiwan and Java, would prove to be fortune makers. But it was skill and effort as much as family background that got Chen his place in the tea world up the carpeted staircase to the second floor, surrounded by displays of contemporary teapots, is a chart that shows just how this merchant turned Baozhong Tea into a commodity.
1: uh
0: Chen took over the family tea business in Taiwan during 1900. There had been gradual growth before he showed up on the scene, but his efforts at promotion and organization helped create a golden age for Baozhong tea sales. The same year he took over as head tea merchant here, he was already in Paris, promoting the tea at the Exposition Universelle, the latest of the period's trendy world's fairs. Back in Taiwan, he would go on to sponsor improvements in tea cultivation, organize tea competitions, and build up an enthusiastic market for Baozhong Tea in Southeast Asia. In 1900, when he first took over, Taiwan was exporting around 1.5 million kilograms of baozhong tea a year. By 1912, when the family opened a branch office in Java, that had jumped to just short of 3.6 million kilograms. How much Chen himself had to do with this is hard to say, but his contributions to baozhong tea were notable, and they kept on coming. In 1915, he was chosen to head a Taipei Tea Merchants Association, And he successfully pushed a joint export scheme that put exports of Baozhong tea completely under this association's control. It was during these years that Chen had the story house built. He'd by now achieved a certain social position, and he needed a place to meet and entertain Japanese colonial officials and his business associates. Our guide tells us that at the time, the road that runs out front was an important link between downtown Taipei and the ritzy neighborhood where many officials lived. Today, the roads here are even busier, but in 1914, when the story house was finished, our guide says this was a quiet, empty area. It was a good spot, though, because the river that runs out back connects all the way to the neighborhood that once housed Taipei's big tea firms. A wharf was built so guests could arrive by riverboat.
1: Chen
0: Chaojun was very specific about what he wanted. Just as Taiwan was under Japanese rule at the time, Java, and all of Indonesia, was then under Dutch rule. The Dutch had brought in some recent Western trends to Indonesia, including the Tudor Revival style. Chen set his mind on recreating one Dutch design in particular in Taiwan. With the help of a Japanese architect and the profits from Taiwanese tea, he did. The result has a brick ground floor and a bright yellow upper half framed with red timber. The stone balcony over the entrance is crowned with a stained glass window that seems to glow when the lights are on inside. And the whole thing is covered in a greenish roof, perhaps made of copper. Inside, you can tell without looking that Chun used the very best wood available. As we make our way back down the carpeted staircase, that same spicy wooden smell that's followed us from the entrance is still in the air. That's Taiwanese cypress wood, still prized today and now heavily regulated by law. This was high society. The furnishings are rich and even the small fireplace is flanked with ornamental stone columns. A few black and white photographs taken a few decades later show that for a long time this was a relaxing place where matters of importance could be talked over at a leisurely pace, maybe even over a cup of tea. After all, Chen never forgot what it was that had built this place. One of his descendants who spent time here as a child remembered that the same flowers used to flavor baozhong tea always grew here in the garden. Unfortunately, Chen would have less than a decade to enjoy his rise in society and his beautiful mini mansion. In 1923, he passed away, having organized an all Taiwan tea competition the year before. Chen's life and the story of Taiwan's Baozhong tea are important parts in the story this exhibit tells. But the Taipei Story House likes to tell many stories, and this is just one thread in the story this time around.
1: We also have tea, 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 tea.
0: Throughout the house, there are large displays of traditional and modern tea cups and utensils, the kind used for brewing and enjoying Baozhong tea. And there's also an exploration of the Japanese tea culture that entered Taiwan during the 50 years of colonial rule. Upstairs, a room is set for a Japanese tea ceremony, and as we walk back down towards the front door, we step past a Japanese cast-iron teapot hung from the ceiling over a burner. All of these objects, even the new ones, recall the story house's connection with tea, a story that began more than a hundred years ago. I'm John Van Trieste, and I hope you'll join me again next week for another journey through time.